0: This morning, we're continuing our journey through the Gospel of Mark. We've made our way to the 14th chapter where Lazarus' sister, Mary, anointed Jesus with a very expensive perfume. However, as I read today's scripture, you'll want to note that there is more to the story than just Mary anointing Jesus. Let me read the scripture for you, Mark 14, verses 1 through 11. Now the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some sly way to arrest Jesus and kill him. But not during the feast, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those presents were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them at any time you want. But, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, whenever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. And so they watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Let's pray. Dear, dear Father, again, I thank you so very much for your word. And God, I pray that you'll help us to understand this story And help us also understand its significance to to our lives. Lord, there's a message here for us. And so open our hearts and minds to receive the message. Also help me as I present the message. May your Holy Spirit be in work, at work in this place. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. This week I read a story about a four-year-old named Amanda. She went to the doctor with a fever, and the doctor tried to ease the little girl's obvious nervousness. When he looked in her ears, he said, Who's in there, Donald Duck? She said no. He looked in her nose and said, Who's in there, Mickey Mouse? Again, she said no. He put a stethoscope on her heart and said, Who's in there, Barney? Amanda replied, No. Jesus is in my heart. Barney is on my underwear. I mean, that's really what I want to talk to you about this morning. Not whether Barney is on your underwear, but whether Jesus is in your heart. It is obvious that there wasn't any love for Jesus in the heart of the chief priest and the teachers of the law. I mean, they were out to destroy Jesus, they were looking for an opportunity to capture him and kill him, but they didn't want to do it during the Passover feast because it might cause a riot among the crowd. But as we shall see, Jesus ended up being killed during Passover. However, that wasn't plan A for the Jewish leaders, but it was plan A for God. And over the next few weeks, we will learn how God worked out His plan. In this morning's scripture, it is Wednesday evening before Jesus' crucifixion, two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Jesus and his disciples were having dinner at the home of Simon the leper in in the small village of Bethany outside of Jerusalem. Simon was probably a leper who Jesus had healed. And John's gospel tells us that Lazarus was also there, who Jesus had raised from the dead. But neither Simon the leper or Lazarus were the stars in today's story. It was two other people who were the stars. One, a heroine, the other, a villain. One, virtuous, and the other, evil. Today we want to focus... On these two people, their two hearts and their two endings. And as we focus on them, let us also consider ourselves. Let us consider our own hearts and lives. Let me introduce you, the two people, the two stars. The first person is one of Lazarus' sisters, Mary. And Mary was a faithful follower of Jesus. We learn about Mary when Jesus and his disciples were at another dinner, this one at the home of Martha, Lazarus' other sister. Martha was busy in the kitchen getting dinner ready while her sister Mary was in the front room sitting at Jesus' feet listening to his every word. That angered Martha who wanted Jesus to tell her sister to come help her, to come help her in the kitchen. Listen to how Jesus responded, Luke 10, verses 41 and 42. Martha, Martha, the Lord said, You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary had chosen to focus on Jesus and learning from Him. I mean, that's really what disciples do. They focus on Jesus... And learning from him. The next time we find Mary in the scriptures was four days after her brother Lazarus had died when Jesus finally arrived. John John 11, 32 described the scene. When, When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary had taken her faith in Jesus to the next level. She did more than learn from him. She believed in him. She believed in his miraculous power. And that is where our faith needs to take us as well. Not just learning from Jesus, but believing that he has the miraculous power to work in our lives. That is a quick introduction to the first person, Mary, a faithful follower of Jesus. The second person is one of Jesus' disciples, Judas Iscariot. And Judas Iscariot appeared to be a trusted disciple of Jesus. He is one of the twelve men that Jesus had chosen to follow him. And so for the past three plus years... Judas Iscariot had been with Jesus. He had listened to his many sermons. He had seen his many miracles. He had even gone out on mission trips to proclaim him. It's interesting, as we will learn, Judas Iscariot was the treasurer for the group. He was trusted with the money. He appeared to everyone to be a good guy. That is, everyone but Jesus. Jesus knew that Judas Iscariot would one day betray him. Here's what Jesus said about Judas in John 6, 71 and 72. Then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you the twelve, yet one of you is a devil? He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. Judas Iscariot may have appeared to be a trusted disciple, but he wasn't. And Jesus knows this morning whether you and I are his true disciples or only if we appear to be his disciples. These are the two people, the two stars, Mary, who was a faithful follower of Jesus, and Judas Iscariot, who only appeared to be a trusted disciple. Now let's look at their two hearts, and that's revealed in today's scripture. We begin with Mary. And Mary reflected a generous heart that seeks to honor Jesus. Going back to our text, Mark 14, verse number 3, it says, While He was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper. A woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on on his head. The apostle John describes the scene just a little differently. John 12, verse number 3, then Mary, he identifies Mary, Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. I mean, imagine the scene. Simon the leper hosts this dinner for Jesus. His disciples were there and some close friends of Simon were there. In the midst of the meal, Mary comes with an alabaster jar of expensive perfume made of pure nard. She breaks the jar open and begins to anoint Jesus with the perfume. She pours it all over him from his head to his feet. When I first titled today's message, I titled it, An Extravagant Gift, An Extravagant Sacrifice. And that is really what Jesus made, or excuse me, Mary made an extravagant sacrifice. See, she wanted to show Jesus that she was in love with him and that she would make any sacrifice for him. This perfume was expensive, worth a year's wages, worth tens of thousands of dollars today. It was probably a family heirloom that had been passed down from generation to generation. And yet Mary sacrificed it all to honor Jesus. I mean, you talk about an extravagant sacrifice. This was an extravagant sacrifice. You talk about a generous heart. Mary had a generous heart. This should cause each of us to consider our own relationship with Jesus. Are we in love with him? Will we make any sacrifice him? Do we have a generous heart that seeks to honor Jesus? I mean, Mary had all of that. Do we? Now contrast the heart of Mary with the heart of Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot reflected a selfish heart that seeks to prosper oneself. We pick up the story, Mark 14, verses 4 and 5. Some of those presents were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It should have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Again, John gave some additional details in his gospel, John 12, verses 4 through 6. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wait- he didn't. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As the keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Here, Mary honored Jesus with this extravagant sacrifice, but then some in the group, led by Judas Iscariot, were outraged that Mary would waste this expensive perfume on Jesus. In their minds, it would have been better if Mary had sold the perfume for a year's wages and given the money to poor. Here, Mary had joyfully given this extravagant gift to Jesus. And here, Judas Iscariot and the others were scolding her harshly. I'm sure she couldn't believe it. Of course, as John told us, Judas Iscariot didn't care about the poor, or giving to the poor. He only cared about prospering himself. In reality, he was a thief. And as the treasurer of the group, he often stole some of the money for himself. Judas Iscariot was, as Jesus described him earlier, a devil. He appeared to be a trusted disciple, but he wasn't. He appeared to care for the poor, but he didn't. Judas Iscariot reflected a selfish heart that seeks to prosper oneself. I wonder this morning, is there any of Judas and us only appearing to be disciples of Jesus, wanting to look good and sound good with others, but not being good before God, appearing to care for hurting people, the poor, but not really being concerned about anybody but ourselves. What a contrast between the hearts of Mary and Judas. Mary reflected a generous heart that seeks to honor Jesus. And Judas reflected a selfish heart that seeks to prosper oneself. Now, which of those two hearts best describes us? And finally, we want to look at the two endings there's a difference between how the story ends for Mary and how the story ends for Judas beginning once more with Mary Mary was honored for what she did with you, for Jesus just listen how Jesus responded when she heard Judas and the others scolding Mary harshly for what she'd done Mark 14, verses 6 through 9. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you. And you can help them at any time you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, whenever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Jesus obviously wasn't upset with Mary for what she did. Instead, he was upset with Judas and the others who were criticizing her for what she did. They saw what Mary had done, as a wasteful thing, but Jesus saw what she had done as a beautiful thing to him. Please understand that Jesus was not saying in any way that we should neglect the poor or that we should be indifferent to the needs of the poor. As a matter of fact, he made caring for the poor one of his core teachings. But the truth is that while poor people would always be there, Jesus wouldn't always be there with his disciples. And Mary seemed to understand that. And so she did what she could to honor him. She took this expensive perfume and anointed his body ahead of time before his death. Remember, Jesus had warned his disciples repeatedly that he was going to suffer and die in Jerusalem. The, the, the disciples had missed these warnings, but not Mary. She knew that his time was limited, and so she wanted to honor him and worship him and show him of her love. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, whenever the gospel, whenever the good news is preached throughout the world, what Mary has done here will be told in memory of her. Jesus made it clear that Mary's love and sacrifice for him will be remembered. Just as Jesus' love and sacrifice for us will be remembered. Those two words better than any other describe Jesus' life. Love and sacrifice. Those two words describe Mary's extravagant gift. Love and sacrifice. Do those two words people describe our lives as disciples of Jesus, love and sacrifice? Do we desire to worship him above all, even if it means making a great sacrifice? Mary was honored for what she did for Jesus. I wonder, will we be honored for what we do for Jesus in our lives? The end of Judas's story was much different. Judas Iscariot was despised for what he did to Jesus. He betrayed him. Mark 14, verses 10 and 11. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. I mean, they were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. And so they watch for an opportunity to hand him over. The question has often been asked, why would Judas Iscariot betray Jesus? I mean, after hearing all of Jesus' great lessons, after seeing all of his powerful miracles, after knowing all about his wonderful love, why would Judas betray Jesus? There are many reasons that have been suggested Judas, like the other disciples, expected Jesus as their Messiah to overthrow Rome and set up his kingdom. With Judas and the other disciples right along his side. Oh, but that didn't seem to be happening. Maybe Judas was jealous of the other disciples, like Peter, James, and John, who seemed to have a closer relationship with Jesus. Maybe Judas was just after his money. The money seemed to be important to him. And 30 more pieces of silver coins in his bank account would have been nice. Or maybe it was simply Satan and his sinful nature that caused Judas to betray Jesus. Regardless of the reason, Judas Iscariot ended up betraying Jesus. Mary is remembered for honoring him and sacrificing for him. Judas is remembered for betraying him and turning him over to the Jewish leaders who wanted him dead. There is not one place in the New Testament when Judas Iscariot's name is mentioned that it doesn't have a phrase reminding you that he betrayed Jesus. I mean, that was really the heritage that he left behind. Not the heritage of a trusted disciple, Not the heritage of a man with a generous heart, but the one who betrayed Jesus. This should make all of us think about the heritage that we are leaving behind. Are you and I faithful disciples of Jesus? Or maybe do we only appear to be his disciples? Do we have a generous heart that seeks to honor Jesus like Mary's heart? Or do we have a selfish heart that seeks to prosper ourselves a lot like Judas Iscariot? Will Jesus honor us for the sacrifice that we have made for him? Or will he be saddened by the decision that we make to reject him? What will it be? What will it be? Our hearts And our lives will reveal our decision. Let let me share some practical applications as we close here this morning. Some action steps I think we need to take as a result of this morning's message. Number one, take some time this week and do a careful examination of your heart and life. It's important, really, that we do that every week. Matter of fact, it's good if we do it every day just to consider... Whether our life and, and whether our hearts are reflecting a faith in Jesus and a love for Him. Number two, decide if your heart and life is more like Mary or more like Judas Iscariot. I have to admit that there is, I think, a little bit of Judas in all of us. But God wants us to be a Mary. God wants us to have a generous heart. And so step number three, take whatever actions are needed to develop a generous heart that seeks to honor Jesus. That may begin with having a personal relationship with Him and accepting Him as Lord and Savior. It may be in renewing a relationship with Him. You've gotten off track and you need to get back in relationship with Him or it may be in building the relationship, your love for Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Father, again, we thank you for this time that we have spent in your word. And we thank you for, again, the powerful example in Mary and the tragic example in Judas Iscariot. And God, we pray you're working in our lives God, work in us that we might become more the people, the disciples that you want us to be, that we will be a faithful follower, that we will have a generous heart, and that we will honor you above all. That's our prayer in Jesus' name, amen. As always, we thank you for listening this morning. We're glad that you've joined us. We're glad when you join us every Sunday. Again, you can join us at worship at our church building for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30. You can also join us here on the radio. We pray our ministry is a blessing to you. And if there's some way that we can help you, please don't hesitate to contact us. We hope that you have a great week. and We look forward to sharing with you again next Sunday. God bless.